Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. So this is probably going to be uh, the last podcast for the year. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see what you guys think of it. Um, this It's going to be about an experiment I've been doing for the last couple months. And it's probably been one of my most successful experiments. Uh, so I'm interested to hear your feedback to, to see what you think, because it, it might be a little gross to some of you. <clears throat> so we'll see. So the experiment I've been doing since mid-October uh, is eating raw meat every morning for breakfast. So raw meat for two months. <laughs> now, this came about in a very serendipitous way. Uh, if I was, you know, wandering in the desert or, you know, on some vision quest, I would, I would call it an omen or maybe a group of omens. Uh, and it all started with this guy uh, many years ago who I watched on Ripley's Believe It or Not. Uh, the guy's name was Aginus Vonderplanets, and he ate raw meat. Now, he also ate fermented meat, meaning he would kind of let the meat go rotten and eat it that way. Uh, I didn't do that. It's, it's actually pretty gross watching him, you know, eat little bits of this rotten meat. Uh, but, you know, he said he had cured his allergies. He'd cured some autoimmune conditions. He grew muscular and healthy. So for some reason, this video always stuck in my head. Every couple years, I would think about it. It would just pop in there and I, I would think, you know, I, I do some crazy experiments, but I'm, I can't imagine myself ever going there. And, and like I said, I still haven't. I'm not eating rotten meat, but the guy did eat lots of raw meat. So something about this video, it, you know, just stuck in my intuition. You know, my brain would remind me about it every once in a while. It was really strange. And because of this intuition, I perked up when I started to see people talk about eating raw meat online. Uh, there was a guy I followed on Twitter who started eating raw meat and he, he loved it. He was talking about it every day and man, he was getting uh, attacked viciously for it as well. People were saying, oh, you're going to die. You're an idiot. You know, you name it. They were, they were telling him. And then Twitter suspended him, funnily enough, which kind of made me go, hmm. But anyway, you, you know how sometimes... Maybe you have a space in your life. So there's an opening and things just start popping into it. And this is kind of what raw meat was like. It was like, it just, I just started noticing it all the time. I was watching videos on uh, carnivore videos on YouTube. And one of the comments really made an impact on me as well. It was a story and you know, who knows if this is true or not. It seemed true, but people can make up things all the time. Uh, this guy said that his sick mother, who was diabetic, uh, she was hypertensive, you know, she had all kinds of metabolic problems. She started eating raw meat, and she made a miraculous recovery. And the weird thing about this comment is uh, people weren't really responding to it. It was just kind of there. People didn't talk about it. They didn't, they didn't comment on it. It was just kind of there. And it was actually a really compelling story. Uh, and that, that kind of made me go, huh. Now, you may also remember Steve uh, Bussinger, Bussinger, uh, a few episodes ago who talked about viruses um, from Aginus Fonder Planet. So, the, so that kind of reminded me about him too. The point is I'm, that I'm trying to get across here is I was getting messages from God, from the universe, from my intuition. You know, I was getting these omens and they were nagging at me that maybe there was something there. You know, maybe I was crazy. Like the people on Twitter were saying, you know, raw meat is risky. You could die. But I really believe that when something nags at you, when it keeps popping up over the years, you should listen. 
you know, because maybe it's that small, quiet voice that's trying to help you, that loves you. So I tried some raw meat. <laughs> I, uh, I looked into the risks. I did some, some research on food poisoning. I found that statistically, most food poisoning happens from lettuce and other vegetables or fruit or cooked food that's contaminated, not necessarily from raw meat. And there's maybe a couple reasons for that, but it could be just because not a lot of people eat raw meat. But anyway, I did some research on food poisoning. Uh, You could lower your chances of food poisoning by eating local animals that were butchered properly. You could also lower your chances by eating grass-fed animals compared to factory farmed. Now, I also did some research on YouTube. I, I <laughs> research on YouTube. That's funny. Um, anyway, I watched four different YouTubers who were on a raw meat diet, and they'd been on it for many years. And, you know, they had lots of cool tips about, you know, ways you could adapt to it and all that stuff. And I'll, I'll put their links in the show notes if you guys want to read them. Uh, but most of them had never gotten sick which was pretty surprising to me. Uh, Maybe they had become sick once or twice and they had a story about it, but it was one of those situations where, you know, it smelled weird. They probably shouldn't have eaten it, but they did anyway. And so they got sick. So I felt pretty comfortable that the food poisoning angle was pretty overblown if you took the proper precautions. Therefore, I went down to Sprouts and grabbed myself a grass-fed steak. Uh, I think it was a New York strip. So I took it home. I cut it up into one-inch pieces and put it on a plate, and I just looked at it. Now, these bright little red cubes, they did not look appetizing. Uh, It had a fairly you know, meaty kind of blood smell, which was not very appealing either. Uh, But I went for it, you know, I took a piece, popped it in my mouth, started chewing. And I, and I kind of had to chew it off to the side of my mouth. You know, I didn't, I didn't let my tongue touch it. It was just too, too much out there. So I just kind of stuck it in the side and chewed it that way. And it tasted like cooked steak does, but basically without the good part. That, that's the best way I can describe it. It was like, oh yeah, this is, this is like steak, but just it doesn't taste good. It kind of had this meaty, bloody taste. So, you know, I ate about four to six ounces of steak and I waited to see what would happen. Um, You know, a lot of the YouTubers had said, my gosh, raw meat, it's on a whole other level. It's going to blow your mind. And after about an hour, my mind was definitely blown. Um, All the things that the YouTubers were saying were were confirmed. So I started to feel a little high almost. I, I... was almost like a little like loopy. Uh, So I went and laid down. Uh, I didn't fall asleep, but I kind of nodded off a little bit. And I was in that place between being asleep and being awake where I could feel my heartbeat throughout my whole body. Uh, You know, it's just like thud, thud, thud. And I had these really strange dreams or visions or something like that. And they were about my past. Uh, They were about things that you know, I hadn't really thought about in a long time, uh, like old girlfriends, college, uh, camping while I was in college, you know, and it's just, it's kind of strange. Uh, after about an hour and a half of that, I got up and I just felt totally refreshed. Uh, you, you know, that feeling where you take just the perfect nap in the afternoon and you just wake up and you just feel clear like that. That was how I felt. My mind was totally clear. Uh, I was awake, but it was almost like someone had turned off all the thought noise 
that was in my brain. I was totally present. I didn't have any anxiety about anything. Uh, I didn't have any need to get things done or to work on this or that, you know, project or whatever. It, it was almost like before I ate the raw meat that day, I was in the rat race. I was just running furiously on a treadmill, treadmill trying to get things done. And afterwards, I just stepped off. I was I was a new new person. Um, I, I felt incredibly grounded. That's another great word for it, grounded. So I can hear some of you saying, you know, Lucas, this sounds fantastic. Uh, but how do you know it was the meat being raw that made the difference? Well, I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, I've eaten meat for my entire life. I mean, I remember as a kid, my dad making steak. So I, I, I've eaten raw red meat for, for most of my life, uh, with the exception of around three to four years in my mid-20s. I've also been on diets that were very high meat. Uh, when I was doing the low vitamin A diet, you know, I was eating potatoes and ground beef for every meal. <laughs> and I did that for almost a year. It's kind of crazy to say that, to think of the things I've done. Anyway, I did that for almost a year. So I'm, I'm not unused to eating meat, you know, I, and I've, I've never had this reaction to meat in my life. Now, the next day, uh, I did it again with some sprouts grass-fed beef again, and I had a similar reaction, although it was less intense. And over time, the, that kind of, you know, loopy high reaction has tapered off. It's, it's not happening anymore. Um, but that second day, you know, I didn't get as drowsy. I didn't have the vivid dreams. I also noticed my blood sugars would be very stable around four to five hours after eating the meat, and they would remain stable throughout the night. So that was pretty cool. Um, so the results seemed promising, um, and I, I wanted to stick with it. So I continued. Uh, after a few days, something really peculiar happened. And unless you experience this, it's hard to describe, but I started craving the meat. Uh, it wasn't like a usual hunger craving for something, you know, sweet or fatty or like, you know, like ice cream or something like that. It was, it was like this deeper desire to, to have more meat. It was, it was almost like something primal was waking up within me and saying, you are alive and you need to eat more of that. (laughs) So I, I really started to look forward to eating it every day. And not only that, eating raw meat was easy for my gut. You know, if I eat a cooked steak, it, it would sit in my stomach like a brick. I don't, I don't know if you guys experienced this too, but I would get full, I'd get bloated. Uh, it was gastrointestinally, it was really a heavy, heavy meal to the point where I, I wouldn't eat red meat that often. It was, it was kind of like an energy depressing experience. With raw meat, it was like nothing was in my stomach. No bloating, no heaviest, uh, heaviness, no, it was just like nothing was there. Um, I also, I wouldn't be hungry for hours afterwards. So it was just this really amazing feeling experience where your stomach is flat and empty, but you're not hungry and you're, you're energetic. Um, usually before this, this raw meat experiment, I would have to eat every four hours or I would start to feel shaky and hungry. Not so much with the raw meat. The raw meat is on a different level. So you can kind of imagine my excitement, um, I really started to push the amount that I was eating. And after about a week, I was up to a pound of beef in one day. And this is when the first problems started to pop up. And I got the inkling that, you know, maybe this diet was not the easy cakewalk that I had been <laughs> I had been thinking it was. So I wasn't sleeping great. Uh, my dreams were very intense at night. I mean, like, 
more intense than I've than I've had in years and years. And I was waking up very early in the morning, like two or three o'clock. Uh, my knees and joints started hurting as well. And maybe this is too much information, but when I would pee, it would burn, which is very odd. So I, I backed off. And and I should clarify. I wasn't just eating meat. I didn't go carnivore. So I wasn't like trying to adapt from a carb-heavy diet to a ketogenic diet or something like that. I was still eating beans. I was still eating corn and cauliflower and, and crackers and all the things I normally eat. Um, I was still eating carbs. So I wasn't going carnivore. It was just adding raw meat in. Now, as I backed off, uh, I began to sleep better and my body calmed down. I figured, you know, okay, I'm just adjusting to this. No big deal. Uh, because I was, I mean, I was seeing benefits everywhere else. I mean, it was like, I I really hoped that I was just adjusting and that there wasn't a significant problem with the sleep thing because this raw meat was rocking it for me. Uh, I just had this feeling of raw power and endurance just through my whole body in my muscles everywhere. Uh, So I I walk around every morning. Um, I have a nice neighborhood. Uh, There's some trails and along one of the trails is a pull-up bar and for the first time in, you know, since my mid twenties, I could do a pull-up. I, I just did it one day. I'm like, I, I just did a pull-up. And then a couple of weeks after that, I was able to do two pull-ups. And today I can do three or four pull-ups. So, I mean, it was just like, okay, this, this is working. Uh, my weight dropped. Um, I got on a scale maybe a couple weeks after I started this diet and I had lost about four pounds just, just in a couple weeks. Uh, and I, I hadn't really been trying to lose weight. Uh, I went golfing. I shot an amazing game, better than I'd ever shot. So that was cool. Uh, my skin on my body became whiter for some reason. I'm not sure about that. I don't know what the deal is there, but I thought, okay, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> my, my enjoyment of music increased as well. Oh man, this is something. So all of a sudden, these songs that I would listen to just felt so gripping. Like they would almost bring me to tears with enjoyment. I, you know, just this feeling of being intensely alive. I was driving out to church one night on Saturday night and the who came on their song, um, uh, eminent front. It's an eminent front It's a put on, you know, that song, whatever. It's got such a good rhythm, such a good, you know, music, musicality to it. And I was just listening to it and it just, Gosh, you just feel like, I don't know, like I was just on top of the world to, to quote the, the late, great Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, I just felt great, you know? I just felt intensely alive. So somehow, I don't know how this happened, but little by little over the years, I had unplugged from life without, without even really knowing it. You know, I remembered enjoying music this much when I was in my teenage years and my early 20s, but somehow that had faded. I just unplugged from it. And now with raw meat, I was back in it. I was like, I was living again. Everything looked different. And one YouTuber said it really well. He said, I felt euphoric, you know, life, life was awesome. And that, that's exactly how I felt. I just felt like life is awesome. That this is great. So it was, it was going pretty well. And you can imagine it was hard to stay eating small amounts of, of raw meat. Uh, I wanted to eat more. I wanted more of that feeling of life. Uh, so each day I would up it a little bit. And I got back to a pound per day and was even, was even able to go beyond that. I went to a pound and a half per day. And the insomnia and joint pain, they were still present, but they weren't as intense. They were kind of, you know, they were, they were getting lighter. So some of you may be wondering, 
what about, you know, actually eating the meat itself? You know, was it gross? Was it difficult? Well, it took me about three weeks to become very comfortable with the texture and the mouth feel of beef. Before that, I would gag. I would, it was, it was tough and it's all mental. You know, it's not like it tastes bad. It's just this mental thing of eating raw meat. It's just weird. So it took about three weeks to get up to, to being comfortable with it. And I should also say if the cut of beef was fatty, it was even harder. The fat within beef is so rich that it just, it's really difficult to chew in your mouth by itself. And so this is why I started seasoning the beef which was very helpful. At first I was super hardcore, you know, I was just doing the raw meat, but I don't know why I was being super hardcore. So I started putting salt and pepper on it. Pepper was a huge game changer. It really made it taste like an actual steak. Uh, I also started putting this Jamaican jerk spice on it, which made it, made it spicy. And I got a recommendation from one of those YouTubers who they liked, because uh, sometimes people get constipated. I, I wasn't really dealing with that. I wasn't having digestion issues or anything like that. But she recommended a mixture of raw honey and butter for this problem. Well, like I said, I didn't have that problem, but raw honey and butter sounded pretty good to me. So I mixed those up and I would dip the meat into that. And let me tell you, you dip anything into honey and butter and some salt it tastes wonderful, you know? It doesn't matter what it is. So that that did help quite a bit with the eating of it. So back to the story. Uh, at around a month in, I ran into... I ran into the big problem with this diet. Um, I found a small butcher that sourced beef locally from a small town in Arizona called Wilcox. And their beef really opened my eyes to what grass-fed beef is is all about. You know, I I thought I had been eating grass-fed beef up to that point because that's what it said at Sprouts. I had not been eating grass-fed beef. So this Wilcox beef, it was deep red, almost maroon. And the fat was yellow, like really yellow uh, from the beta carotene in the grass that the cows were eating. The grass-fed beef from Sprouts was white fat. It was not nearly the deep kind of red. So, so you can imagine this, this steak almost looks like, you know, Viking football colors or something. It's like purple and gold. Um, not only that, this butcher was so inexpensive compared to Sprouts. I could get sirloin tip for about $7 a pound. And sometimes it was a, on sale at, at $5 a pound. So it was very cheap for grass-fed beef. And I should tell you, sirloin tip is the perfect amount of uh, softness versus price. So if you get filet mignon, you know, it's going to cost you like 20 bucks a pound. It's going to be butter smooth, super easy to eat, but it's way too expensive. If you get, you know, super tough, chuck round, whatever it's going to be really tough to chew and it's not going to be a pleasant experience. Sirloin tip is right on the good uh, line between it is a little tough, but it's not so tough that it's difficult to eat and it's not very expensive. So I started buying this meat. I shifted away from sprouts and I went to this local butcher and this is, this is where I ran into the big problem. Uh, the insomnia, which had been somewhat of a challenge up to this point, became crippling. Uh, I had a couple nights in a row where I maybe slept two hours, probably less, probably not at all. Um, my joints and my legs, they really started hurting. It was like they just ached. There was just this heaviness to them that made sleeping even more difficult. Um, going to the bathroom, let's just say it became very painful. Uh, so 
things things were not going well when I switched to this beef. And and I wasn't the only one experiencing this either. Uh, there are similar reports from people who have gone on a carnivore diet and had similar transformational things. And so I, I did some research and and there are you know, people who do raw meat who when they first start eating raw meat, they get flu-like symptoms for a while. They get fevers and stuff. And, and maybe this is... There's a lot of theories on why this could be. You know, Maybe there's a, a, a change in your microbiome going on. Um, a very prominent theory is one called oxalate dumping. That's where uh, oxalates, they're these little crystals that are found uh, mostly in vegetables that can cause damage to your body when you get high levels of them, supposedly. So eating a lot of meat lowers your intake of oxalates and your body starts dumping your stores to get rid of them. Uh, So there's a whole theory that goes along with that, uh, a long list of symptoms about how that works. So that's one possibility. Another theory points to higher uric acid levels when you start eating more meat. Um, So maybe that was something going on. Whatever it was, bottom line, you know, I had a problem. Now, if this year has taught me one thing, it is just how useful the microbiome is for solving problems, um, especially sleep problems. So I went on to Ken Lassison's site, I interviewed him a while ago, you can find his interview, and I looked up what kind of herbs or remedies would be recommended for my microbiome for insomnia or waking up at 3 a.m. or earlier. Now, uh, there are many recommendations that come out of Ken's website, but two of them stuck out to me as pretty simple and I could really, I could try them immediately. Uh, There was wasabi and fish oil wasabi and fish oil is it kind of strange uh but that that's how the microbiome rolls you know that's what happens with those recommendations they're kind of out there so i had some wasabi powder which i put into capsules and i I don't really like fish oil so i bought some sardines to use in its place um i also made the shift from grass-fed beef to grass-fed lamb Uh, i found lamb more calming than beef for some reason and i guess i should put that in here right now so as far as stimulatoriness of of this red meat, on the calming side is lamb, grass-fed lamb. And I, I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because it has zinc in it or something. I find it very calming. The problem with lamb is it's very expensive. Uh, when you buy a lamb leg, it's going to be about 10 bucks a pound. But because of how much fat is on it, it's almost half fat. So you have to cut off all that fat and it ends up being like 20 bucks a pound. So it's very expensive. In the middle, I should say the next step up is sprouts grass-fed beef. That's a little stimulatory. It's not as cheap as the Wilcox beef, but it's not as stimulating. And then you get the Wilcox beef, and that's like crack cocaine. <laughs> you know, it's the cheapest, but it is a zinger. So I made those changes. I shifted to lamb. I added in the wasabi. I added in some sardines. And the next night, it was just like magic. I was sleeping again. And thank goodness, because, man, when you don't get sleep, you... Oh, you just become a zombie. So from there, uh, I started to reintroduce the grass-fed beef back in. Uh, My sleep got worse, but it never got as bad as it was before. And over time, you know, I was, I've I've just been able to get better and better sleep. Uh, I stopped eating sardines. I I only ate sardines for maybe three or four cans total. I I didn't go too nuts with the sardines. Although every once in a while, I'll still eat some. Um, but I continued to take the three capsules of wasabi with each meal. And I, I will say, uh, I ran out of wasabi maybe just a week ago or so, and I stopped taking it 
And the first night I was fine. The second night I woke up, um, you know, early about five o'clock and I felt tired. Like I wanted to go back to sleep, but I felt awake at the same time too. And that is, to me, that's always a bad sign when you're tired and you want to sleep, but you're also stimulated. You kind of have that wired and tired thing going on. And so that, that to me was like, this is not good. The third night I wasn't taking the wasabi. I woke up at 2am, couldn't get back to sleep till 5am when I slept in till seven or whatever. So the wasabi for whatever reason, for me, for my microbiome, is a crucial aspect of making this diet work. And yeah, I don't know why that is, but uh, I'm going to keep taking wasabi. And and just the whole, the whole situation, the whole story is a great example of why I love the microbiome as a tool to handle problems like that. You know, it gives you recommendations that you would never think of because most of the studies out there are looking at herbs and supplements and how they affect humans, not necessarily bacteria. And there's this whole other world with the bacteria. And so it just, it gives you so many more options that you would never think of, which is, which is awesome. So that's the story of getting into raw meat. I think, I think that's most of it. I don't think I left too much out. Um, that's where I'm at right now. Uh, it wouldn't be a very good experiment if all I had was my subject subjective experience. So, uh, I do, do have some statistics for you. I took some blood work. Um, so when I started this experiment, I weighed 194, and now I'm down to 186, 187. So I lost seven to eight pounds in about two months, which is pretty good. That's that's pretty fast. Um, the weight loss does seem to have plateaued a bit. That might be from holiday eating. Uh, I don't know. But if nothing else goes wrong, within a few more months, I should look totally different. I mean, I should be I should be a new man, which is pretty cool. Um, like I said, I had some blood work done. Everything everything looks great. Or it improved. Uh, A1C, which is, you know, a blood sugar marker that went from 7.3 to 6.6. Now I can hear some of you saying, oh my gosh, A1C of 7.3. That's terrible. That's diabetic stage. Well, for a type one diabetic, it's pretty good. You know, you try taking the exact amount of insulin you need with every meal for 20 years. Shit is hard. All right. GFR, which is a measure of kidney function went from 91 to 103. So that's an improvement. Uh, Cholesterol dropped, HDL went up, LDL went down, all the things that uh, mainstream medicine would say are good. Basically everything improved with the exception of TSH, uh, which went from 2.2 to 2.6. Now I'm not too worried about that. TSH is a thyroid marker. I'm not too worried because we did go into winter, which can slow your thyroid down. And it's, it's fairly easy for me to lower TSH, which, uh, which I can do with a little thyroid supplementation. I'm not someone who's, you know, resistant to that, or they take thyroid and their TSH stays high. I can, I can, I respond really well to thyroid supplementation. Oddly, uh, free T3 and free T4 went up slightly, which is kind of strange. And the other strange thing is I, I feel incredibly warm now. Uh, I noticed this the other day when my roommate was, uh, you know, I was, I was walking around or something outside. My roommate was like, dude, you're going outside with just a t-shirt. And I was like, yeah, you know, it feels great. Uh, I looked at the temperature and it was about 55 degrees, which is definitely not t-shirt weather for somebody who lives in Arizona all year round. But for some reason, the cool air just felt, it felt good to me. It felt good on my skin. Uh, my hands are very warm too. So I'm, I'm not super worried about thyroid just yet. I mean, it might, if it keeps going up or something like that, I'll, I'll handle it. But uh, I'm interested to see what the next blood test is going to say. 
Uh, testosterone went from 422 to 502. So it's nice to be back in the 500s without any kind of augmentation. Um, one thing you do need to worry about with a lot of red meat is perhaps getting too much iron, uh, which you, you really don't want to do that. You know, too much iron is going to age you rapidly and it's also going to make you very energetic and feel very good while it's aging you. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. Um, I had my iron levels tested and while, you know, I don't really have numbers to compare those numbers to the next blood test I get in three months, I will be able to see if my iron levels are going up quickly. So the numbers for this test were uh, ferritin was at 63.1 NG per ml, iron was at 81.5 UG per deciliter, percent saturation was at 23%, and TIBC was at 354 UG per deciliter. Uh, ferritin and iron are on the low end of the normal range. Saturation is very close to the low end of the range. And TIBC is at the high end of the range. I didn't know what TIBC was, so I did some research on it and... High TIBC actually indicates lower levels of iron in your blood uh, and vice versa. So it appears that my iron levels are towards the low end, which makes the whole diet really perfect um, to bring bring those levels up a little bit. And, and this is probably, I mean, I probably have low iron because of how many years I did doing raw peat supplements and avoiding iron because he's big on, you know, iron not being good for you. I'll continue to do blood work every three months. And I do have a microbiome test out, which did not come back in time for this podcast, which kind of bummed me out. But uh, I'll keep doing and, and make sure I stay on the right track. Uh, as I was going through this whole process, you know, it got me thinking. Um, these health experiments I do, they take a while. And, and most of the time, they don't pay off. So, for example, I was trying to raise my acromancia levels earlier this year, uh, which is a beneficial gut bacteria. I tried out a very expensive probiotic that actually had acromancia in it. And this, this was groundbreaking. I mean, there's no other probiotics that, that do this. Uh, it was called Pendulum, if you're curious. I tried it for a month. For the first week, it seemed to be doing something. I felt something going on. My voice felt deeper. I was just like, okay, something's happening. Uh, so I was planning to do a podcast talking about the product. And then it just fizzled out. Didn't do anything. It didn't I stopped feeling anything. I, I did a microbiome test. Nothing happened on the microbiome test. So it just failed. Uh, the point is, though, I, you know, I was thinking about where have I been successful in my life and with these experiments and where have I failed in my life? And success almost always comes, at least for me, um, after repeated failures and a lot of time, like time, 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 and, and tweaking the original idea as well. A lot of tweaking. Time was the crucial ingredient though, uh, in seeing whether, you know, what I was doing was successful. On the podcast, when I present different products or diets, I always say, you know, you're, you're going to have to experiment, which means dedicating the time required to really find out if something is beneficial. And now, I mean, if you can't tell, I'm pretty jazzed about the raw meat thing. I am, I'm excited. Um, but it, it wasn't just an easy transition as you heard. And I, I did leave some of the story out of things that I tried that didn't work. You know, I, I tried burdock root for a few days. It drastically increased my insulin needs. So I, I ditched that. Uh, I tried raw meat for dinner instead of breakfast. And it was, it was really bad for sleep. I tried it each meal instead of just all during breakfast. Again, did not, did not do great for the blood sugars. Um, I also read stories of people getting flu symptoms when they first started eating raw meat. Again, maybe something from their microbiome or I, who knows. 
So if you do decide to try this, you know, just be ready to tweak it. Uh, this experiment has, like I said, probably been the most successful experiment I've done all year. Maybe, maybe in many years, it's, it's been kind of a miracle for me, to be honest. I, I feel like a new person and I am really eager to see what you guys think and whether, you know, if you try this, whether it makes a difference for you. Um, but you know, we are all different. So maybe you're going to have a totally different experience. I don't know. Uh, there's a lot more little details that, that I left out, which aren't super relevant, but you know, if you have questions about the diet, feel free to shoot me an email at quackspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, in the new year, I plan on having even more controversial guests and even more pragmatic health experiments. So uh, please subscribe on your favorite podcast player or YouTube. Um, and if you get value at all, you know, I just ask that you share the video with others. It's super easy to hit that share button. It helps me a ton. Uh, I probably won't put out another show before the end of the year. So Merry Christmas to you and your family. I hope you have a great holiday. I hope 2021 is a great year for, for you. Um, and uh, I'll see you then.